0: tick tock countdown oh, feels so much more painful than I, I know I
1: before. Ugh. 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 I, I i i'm not ready to do this uh, well doesn't matter clock's not stopping <laughs> get, ready. get ready um hello um Hi. we can talk about whatever is happening to me um as the week goes on we got a couple well we got Another show after this with Dominique, and then who knows what's happening to our friend Dominique.
0: You're going to make me cry. Just read the question, Alabaster. I think it's. I think it's, it's All meditation. right, guys.
1: But I have, <laughs> anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, so,
2: tomorrow, or tomorrow when we're filming this, but really today when you're watching this, John Morant will be back on the court for the Memphis Grizzlies. How do you think things play out from
1: here for John the Grizz? so the last time we talked about this dominique i think we were basically pleading for john Morant to take like the layup approach to pr which is to say like apologize um don't do stuff like wave your little gun around at a strip club that then leads to that strip club leaking photos about you at the strip club and all that stuff um and since then he did the opposite what i just said but then he seems to have sat down with Jalen rose and given all these apologies and spoken to the press and been suspended and so um i think it can play out quietly as long as he continues to do that which is something that was available to him before but now is i think again um if he does it
0: right also still possible this is quite an amazing story when you think about everything that's happened and how we are where we are right now because Ja hasn't done anything yet that is like going, that could stick with him. Like none of these things are like major talking points if he plays 10 more years at the level that he's been playing right now. We're barely going to remember that time when Ja was acting silly. But for me, the gun was the turning point for a lot of reasons because up until then it was like, all right, You can pretend to go away and then come on back and be fine. Just stop being silly. But once he did that, it was such a ridiculous um, demonstration that it made me think like, oh, something else is wrong. Like something is deeper is wrong. There's something else happening. And so you're going to have to do something bigger. So he decided to go to counseling. And then the problem with the Jalen Rose interview is Mm -hmm. you got to convince me. Like I'm in media. I've been in media long enough. And also forget being in media. I'm a grown up. Like I'm an adult. I've been around other people and I know how these things work, work. And I know that changing people is not something that happens over a, a couple of weeks, a month, over years. People still are kind of who they are in many ways. You don't really change them. So, like, I understand the charade that we have to play. You have to disappear for a little while. You have to tell us you're working on yourself. Then you have to come back and say a lot of smart, introspective things. We didn't get the introspective things. Like, give me if you want me to play along with this, at least let me play along with it. But again, he hasn't done anything so bad, even including the gun dangling up until this point that I think it matters that much. The real important part is just stay out of trouble from here on out. We all want you to play basketball. We all want to enjoy it. Just don't do anything else ridiculous, because I do think that if something else minor happens, Then we're looking at a big long term suspension and we're really going to have to figure out how to change this person. Just not or he's going to have to figure out how to change himself or because right now it's like just make better decisions. If we fall into something else in the next couple of years, we're going to be like, no, you need to go like do some real soul searching and figure out what's really the root of these decisions. So let's just cross our fingers and hope he hoops long as he balls. We're going to stop talking about it. We're gonna figure. Forget about it. Just ball and don't punch no more seventeen year olds. Simple. Yeah, and don't you know,
1: like uh, plausibly shine laser type devices that could feel plausibly like um, you know a thing attached to a gun, allegedly. which maybe in retrospect, allegedly, um, might just be a laser pointer. For all I, I mean, like the point being that yeah. what we have with him, Dominique, was a guy who was so deliberately not doing the obvious not even risk averse, but like just the obvious thing to avoid this story becoming embarrassing. And now we have somebody who is at least being coached to say platitudes to our colleagues that are unspecific and ultimately unpersuasive about, as you put it, introspection and also a reckoning with the stuff that makes me think that he has taken real steps to um, reforming that part of himself. Who am I to judge?
0: I'm sorry, go ahead, Pablo.
1: No, I mean and, and by the way, like we're theater we're theater critics in that regard, right? We're merely yeah. evaluating the we're we're as always um on this show, we are um unasked for um PR people and defense attorneys for athletes and for characters in sports that seem to that seem to have just gotten bad strategic advice. And the backdrop for it, by the way, is that the Grizzlies also happen to have one six of seven without John Morant and are like, suddenly second in the West, despite all of the chaos. Alabaster.
0: And so that's another part of like, how does this go? Well, it could go Maybe. real well
1: if this team is actually like what they used to be.
0: They were good without him last year. And like, that's a yes. thing that continues. But I, I think they still, everyone needs a superstar. Anyway, Alabaster, what you got? That's actually, I want to talk about the
2: Grizzlies down the stretch, because this is a really interesting thing because they're the identity of their team, on the basketball court has also changed drastically they lost steven adams for the remainder of the regular season they lost brandon clark uh, to a torn achilles for the foreseeable future and their playoff lineup was jaron jackson and brandon clark and desmond bain and john morant and find a fifth what we've had in the absence of this is a lot of dylan brooks for better and usually for worse um, and I'm wondering what we think this team is going to look like in a wide-open Western Conference with a camera-shoving, ultra-confident Dylan Brooks and the return of John Morant.
0: Well, Jaron Jackson is the the guy that we never talk about but is likely the most impactful guy on that team, probably going to be the Defensive Player of the Year, which, like, I really get good. it. Yeah, I, I get um, why we should celebrate him even more, but I'm going to try to thread this needle right here. Dylan Brooks Ooh, is the so The Coward's incredible. Needle? Are we doing the Coward's Needle? No, this is not the Coward's Needle. This is this okay. is this is the antagonist needle. He Ooh. is Dylan Brooks is so annoying and frustrating and like I don't know, there's no better word than annoying. And it is great. It is magnificent because <laughs> he makes me feel something. You know, like I care I, there's so many guys and we talk about this a lot and how like the professionalizing of all the sports has like sucked a lot of the personality out of it. Dylan Brooks has given me some personality and I don't care whether you like it or you don't like it. And I got to be honest, I don't love it, but I love that I don't love it. So I, I don't know how to encourage Dylan Brooks to keep get Dylan Brooks to keep doing this nonsense while also saying how much it gets on my nerves. But it's like when you watch a movie or a TV show, you love the villain because you hate the villain. And Dylan Brooks gives me a reason to care. He, he goats um Clay Thompson into counting his four rings again on his hand. And he he gives me a reason to chuckle when Kyrie Irving gives him his jersey and Dylan Brooks is standing there looking to give Kyrie his jersey. Kyrie, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You keep that. Watch that. that. Wear that next week.
1: I love that Dylan Brooks is also just showing up at pressers with like more buttons undone on his button down shirt. And I'm just like, yes, yes. Get into like the whole um, God Pacino in heat just phase of a guy who gives fewer f- and is like reckless and kind of like don't understand what his end game here is. But I don't have to figure it out. And so that's a joy to watch. Uh, yeah. but, but Dylan Brooks, I guess with Dylan Brooks, we have a character and a heel who is punching above his weight class to the point where like, he's getting into our territory here of like guys who talk mostly about the famous guys. And that is, that is a real delight for me. But the question now of like, what does he become in the postseason? There are two ways to answer it alabaster one is to say like it's hard when you're relying too much on that guy um in the way that a sixth man becomes a guy who is now going to be a key cog in your rotation even more than he was um but there's also just like the oh this is good content like i'm excited for the grizzlies
0: now i'm excited to watch what the grizzlies are I'm sorry, like maybe I shouldn't completely dissect what goes on in this business, but like we don't all show up to watch beautiful basketball. Like it's nice. Beautiful basketball is nice when it shows up, you know, but like eventually you get used to it. It's nice to have a little ugly basketball out there, a little tomfoolery, some foolishness. It makes it entertaining and exciting and interesting, gives us something to talk about. gives me a reason to care about, I mean, at least a couple of these 82 games that we have to watch year in and year out. The one thing is we will
2: seemingly get more Dylan Brooks because, you know, after his failed jersey swap with Kyrie, he had this quote about Kyrie, which you've heard from other people. He's just like Kobe. He's just like Jordan and those guys. He plays the game at a different place. He uses both hands. Mid-range God. Dot, dot, dot. And that's where I want to be one day, to be able to shoot the ball more. And I think in this world... You will get maximum entertainment out of Dylan Brooks doing a Michael Jordan or Kobe
0: impression. Oh my God! Didn't he just want to be Draymond a couple months ago? Goodness gracious! Oh, the confusion! Oh, it's so exciting! And, and there is like there a, it's we, a roller coaster. I'm, I'm just annoyed and upset, and I realize I like that I care. Please, Dylan, keep. No, no, no! You know what it more. is? You know what it is? You know what it is? We talked
1: last time about how this is Dylan Brooks doing Draymond Green karaoke. And now it's like the guy at karaoke who's like, guess what I'm about to do? I'm about to do some Celine Dion. And it's like, this is going to be a disaster, but I am so excited to see how this is going to go wrong. Like, there is no way he has the register, the pitch, the vocal uh, aptitude to do this. But my God, I want to see him try.
2: Uh, We have sound on this one, guys. Do you think Nick Saban was calling out Nate Oates for
1: how he handled the Brandon Miller situation? oh i uh, like oh god just another story about a gun winding its way into a sports show um but let's listen to nick savin and find humor in a topic
3: uh tony mitchell has been suspended from the team and uh, all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is and um you know i mean guys everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions there's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time, you got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in.
1: So, the backdrop here, Dominique, is important because there is some spice in there that many people have noticed. But the backdrop is that Tony Mitchell is this freshman football player at Alabama. Um, he was arrested for possessing marijuana and for speeding 141. 141 is a lot of miles per hour, as I check my notes, um, to flee from the cops. But the phrase that Nick Saban used because he was punished, suspended, all of that, taken away from the team, is um, there is no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time, which is what Nate Oates, the head coach of the Alabama basketball team, had said about, of course, his star player, Brandon Miller, who is playing in the tournament, um, very much, active and awesome at basketball despite the fact that he got embroiled in a story involving a gun and a murder and it's
0: a lot but now we're at a good
1: old fashioned coach feud.
0: Yeah, I mean I I guess I'll let you I'm just cynical Like I, I don't think that Nick Saban if he's taking a shot at Oates, it's to elevate himself and try to make himself look better than he actually is because I can't imagine that Nick Saban if he were on a team and the very best player that you've had in your franchise history or your organization history was sure. um, not charged with the crime, but was um, associated with one. I think pre-national championship, pre-Nick Saban being his position, I imagine he would operate differently. I'm guessing maybe he is just has much more integrity than I think, but I also think that it's possible that he didn't mean this as shot at Nate Oates as much as he meant it as a message to his players like as someone who's been around a lot of football coaches that is a message that you hear and it sounds like what he was saying to his guys is like there's no excuses like you you don't get to say I was unlucky because that that doesn't change what you've done we can't go into the court of law or we can't tell whatever uh governing body like wrong place wrong time don't worry about it let's get back out here and play like that's a a lesson that I think all people should kind of Uh, take heed to it's like yeah i mean i guess you technically technically can be in the wrong place at the wrong time but also most of the time you're putting yourself in the wrong place in the wrong time too often and then you just happen to get caught once right 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 i'm
1: cynical about all of the dynamics here cynical about how someone is truly ever um in a place where you are again give you some of the details here um 226 grams of weed. Um, feels like a lot of grams. Uh, loaded gun in the car um, for Mitchell. Um, and so what Nick Saban is doing here um, as a coach is also, I think, more than anything, and you just alluded to it, um, taking advantage of an easy time to be tough. Uh-huh. It's March Right. Like this is a freshman defensive back. This is not the guy that Alabama is relying on in any meaningful, truly meaningful way in the way that the stakes are for Nate Oates. And so what what my what my interest here is in really is whether like, um, yeah, Nick Saban is actually trying to take a shot at his colleague across the campus uh, at Tuscaloosa. You know, like, is this actually a thing he feels anything beyond um, the, the opportunity
0: to be leader yeah. of men.
2: Like,
0: you don't need this Nick Saban. So, I mean, I guess that's why that's, maybe, that's where yeah, I am too on it. It's probably, it's probably genuine. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt. And this is genuine and this is not about NATOs. This is just a genuine thing that he believes. And he's teaching players who are watching and people on his team. He's using this opportunity to do so. Um, if he wanted to be a hero, then directly go at NATOs. But I do have I'm certainly not trying to defend Nate Oates, but I understand that the position that he is in is a very different position than Nick Saban. Nick Saban is already the greatest college football coach of all time, and he has more money than he can spend. He's had many national championships. This is Nate Oates' only opportunity to win a national championship. It's his first and probably going to likely to be his last, and that doesn't excuse the decisions that he's made. But also, we have to be clear about what Brandon Miller is being accused of Uh, And it's It's not a crime like the they they have not charged him with a crime, which is very different than the situation of the player that Nick Saban is talking about, where he has he's going 140 miles an hour and he has guns and drugs in his car. That's a a slightly different situation. It's a a lot clearer. You know what I mean? It's easier to be to be firm and tough uh, in that situation and cast somebody off when they're being. Accused of an actual crime, which the local police department is not doing with Brandon Miller. Which, like, as uncomfortable as all this seems, it's yep, it's the truth.
1: No, there's a lot of I learned it from you, Dad, running through all of this. Both Brandon Miller um, leading Nate Oates to act like a guy who is trying uh, to be um yeah uh, one of the great coaches in the country but also a guy who is trying to reverse engineer this being like wait a minute i got like the number two overall pick on my team right now who is balling out of control and the nba is going to look at him and they're going to take him number two overall so why am i going to be the guy who does not get to take advantage of this player like there's a lot of i am looking to the other adults (laughs) down the road to tell me how
0: me adult should actually handle this story yeah I mean, that's, that's true. The person who is not gaining anything from this is probably Brandon Miller. So, like, uh, again, I'm not trying to defend Nate Oates. Be, to be clear, to, to like strip this down to what it's actually incentives. Is, it's like, always about yeah, incentives. To be as, as um, naked about the truth of the situation as I can possibly be is Nate Oates is like, man, I only got a couple weeks left to exploit this guy. And y'all asking me not to? <laughs> yes. I'm good. That is- <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and push him out there, get all my exploitation bucks.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Exploit him so hard that I can get another one.
0: Yes, um, yeah, you trying to make to it so I can't exploit no more players? <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. I'm trying to move up, get a new contract. I'm trying to That's have right. multiple homes like you, Nick. <laughs>
2: All right, guys, one more uh, tournament question. We're at the Sweet 16. So Sweet 16, which team do you have the most confidence
1: in to reach the Final Four? oh here we have sweet 16 teams to evaluate and um, it's a it's like a potpourri it's a potpourri of college basketball dominique yeah i uh
0: um, am boston i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, caitlin I, the, clark yeah the, i think caitlin clark the, the unbeaten game cuts of south carolina i guess because i don't really have a ton of confidence in anybody on the men's side i i think we uh we can talk about alabama but brandon miller hasn't played all that well so far in the tournament even though we know he is probably the best player in the tournament and the rest of the Mm. team is a little bit injured so that could be part reason why you could not believe in them i think houston is a team that i don't know a ton about but i've watched them a couple times and they're like defensively awesome which i think is something that you can rely on more than you can rely on continued scoring from uh college players but the difference in talent is small in this tournament and the preparation is such that it makes it impossible for me to have any confidence. And there's no one who ran away with it on the men's side. So I I don't know. I'm going to go with Houston because I think they might be No, I guess Alabama was the number one overall. I'm going to still go with Houston because of what we just did talking about Alabama. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Houston is the best team remaining. So I'll go with them. I think that's what the NCAA
1: wants, by the way, is for Houston to win the national title for exactly right. that reason. So, honestly, a good a good bet to make is, like, let's maybe think of the way that officiating could
0: lean in the direction of, <sighs> I don't know, not the most uncomfortable trophy ceremony they in recent memory. The officials aren't even good enough to cheat. And I'm not Mr. Referee Complainer Guy, but I watch these games. And, man... It's just so inconsistent and all over the place. I don't want to spend this time about how bad college refs are, but college refs, man, it's like, what? The, what are we watching? I
1: I I, I like that uh, you also did something else, uh, which is just like talk about uh, Aaliyah Boston. Vegas, I believe, had it in the women's field as like, would you rather have South Carolina or the field? And Vegas was like, you should probably take South Carolina. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I mean, the, the, no, the no, talent no. discrepancy, uh, and uh women's basketball is a little bit bigger and i think it's in part because like there's no one and done so like you get a good team they get some experience they get better and better and uh it separates
1: well this is this is why i think if we're not taking houston for reasons of trying to um count on the invisible hand of of uh yeah celebration management we're thinking about like gonzaga I mean, it's funny, so college basketball, it kind of reminds me of like the media industry or technology in the sense that like technology disrupted all of these forms of uh, media consumption and all the things we do in life. But inevitably what comes back around is like human beings collectively reinventing the thing that was disrupted. So it's like, what if we just um, rebundled uh, <laughs> streaming channels? Uh and made cable. What if we what if we made this uh, hyperloop? Th- you mean a bus, you're inventing <laughs> a bus. And I feel that this is sort of what's happening with like all of the like one and done stuff. It's like, what if the biggest advantage in college basketball was a bunch of guys who were old and played <laughs> basketball together? And that's Gonzaga. They got five guys. They're all like juniors and juniors. This is all very, very imminently important to them. And it's like we've come all, all the way seniors. That is the real technological competitive advantage.
2: Worth noting, Drew Timmy is another year of eligibility because no. of the COVID mm-hmm. year. But uh, <laughs> I do want to point out, out, Pablo. Can you just Pablo? Can you just not be a coward and pick Princeton? Like, go back to the <sighs> the roots of picking a. It's a fifteen out of sixteen, but you I know. know, I put missed, some hair on your I chest missed, and pick I Princeton.
1: Missed, missed. Oh, God, Princeton sucks, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> It's like the waspiest of all of the Ivy Leagues. But allow me to condescend to Princeton. Hold on. Princeton, you're I'm in New one. Jersey. You're in New damn Jersey and you're puffing your chest out like you're
0: some patrician waspy institution. Sorry, because Woodrow Wilson went there. Yeah, it's not even a top 10 president. Um, Isn't uh, <laughs> Princeton the one where you don't have to pay tuition if you don't want to, right? One of the Ivy Leagues uh, do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so right. If you're kinda home hard has a certain, for, like. Yeah, it's kinda you know. hard for you at Harvard. Y'all not giving nobody no free tuitions. Oh, so. now it's y'all. Now it's y'all. We've okay. been through a number of times. Sure. I am I am not a crimson, whatever the hell that is. Like I went to graduate school. No one claims they're graduate school. I went to grad school there. I'm a turtle. Good old state school. Go <laughs> Maryland Terrapins who lost to Alabama.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. That's the other subplot in the story that should be revealed. Thank God thank god for what for bill for bill okay i got you yeah 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 very few things to celebrate in the big picture, except for Bill Barnwell arriving. Hello, Bill. It's,
0: it's, it's proof of God's existence is that I, Bill Barnwell is here
3: today. I, pre- I prepared a lot of stuff that was going to make fun of Papa, not thinking he was going to be here, so this is very troubling <laughs> to me. Sorry, just w- wait, wait a week, brother. Wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that's how that works. Uh, exactly. All right,
2: guys, well, let's talk some football.
1: Um, Could you see the Patriots making a run at Lamar Jackson? So the last time we heard Bill Belichick say anything about Mac Jones, he said, quote, Mac Jones can play quarterback in this league, which (laughs) is about as warm an assessment as you could expect from Bill Belichick. And also a clear indicator that... um, probably thinking hard about at least the theory of Lamar Jackson and his fit into a team that likes to run the ball. And so, yes, Jeremy Fowler has said that the Patriots are a wild-card option. They talked about it on Get Up, and people said, no, it's not an option. Then other people said, yes, it is. And so here we are jumping in on the yes, it is side of the pool,
0: (laughs) which is exciting. Uh, Yeah, I mean, how do you know I was going to be on the yes, it is side of the pool? Like, I think you could argue that maybe it's not a great fit because Bill Belichick's had most of his success with a quarterback not – even the fact that uh his previous quarterback didn't run but a quarterback who was willing to bend over backwards to make his contract fit their roster demands. Lamar Jackson clearly ain't that dude. So if <laughs> they are going to bring Lamar Jackson in, it's going to be around paying Lamar Jackson what he deserves. But one thing you know about Bill Belichick is he is going to miss on his first round picks. So that compensation is <laughs> not a compensation that he's going to miss. So if he has to give up two first round picks, He was going to do it anyway. He was going to draft the wrong guys because that tends to be the case. So, yeah, other than the contract situation, I think everything else about Lamar Jackson is something that I could see Bill Belichick and the Patriots – Bill Belichick getting excited about. I don't know. I I started thinking (laughs) about the Patriots fan base, and I remember playing in New England and remember the things that me and DJ Williams were called on our way to the field and thought that maybe the fans won't love him as much
1: as Mm -hmm. I do. Oh, like chap? Yeah, calling you
3: like chap and bloke. I
0: mean, you know it's the British history connection with that, so yeah, they use words like chap and bloke, and it made me so. Well,
3: you are a British person, so that does check out. That makes
0: sense. Fair. They were just being kind during their research. I was born there. Mm
3: -hmm. I I I sort of wonder about Lamar Jackson and about this fit here with the Patriots, because on some level, the same reason we're talking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers making sense. Lamar Jackson does make sense for the Patriots. They were the third best defense in football last year in terms of point per possession allowed. So you figure, okay, Lamar Jackson wins pretty much two-thirds of his games when he plays. So get a competent quarterback in there with a great defense. That's a playoff team. So from that perspective, yes. But this is the same guy in Bill Belichick who greatest defensive coach we've ever seen. One of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach, a guy who over the past three or four years has pretty much limited the people he wants to be around to people he's coached or people he's coached alongside or people he used to play for. So,
0: what about the people that he he made?
3: Oh, it's true. Pe- people yeah. who who are who are part of his DNA. Uh, yes. People who would not exist if it weren't for Bill Belichick. So, that is also an important component here. But there's not a group of people who I feel like are going to be doing a great job of building an offense around Lamar Jackson, and I think that. It's sort of overstated the idea that like you have to have this, you know, special uh you know offense for Lamar Jackson that wouldn't work for anybody else. Like Lamar Jackson was a very competent passer, very good passer at college running a pro-style offense. But I think the blueprint for what we saw work for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson is what we saw from Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia last year, where it was the quarterback run game, a lot of RPOs, and a, a downfield passing attack that had more than two or three plays, which shouldn't be that hard, but this is the NFL. So I think the idea that the check is going to go out and hire someone who's going to be installing that kind of offense for lamar jackson i'm a little skeptical
0: i don't know that i buy the argument that lamar jackson needs all this uh special considerations as far as roster mm-hmm. concerns and coaching concerns i know you're not making that argument but that's an argument that's out there i was mm-hmm. just thinking that um it's something i haven't heard said often so i don't mean to put this on you bill this is seems was like you're uh, kind
3: of putting it on yeah me no i'm not i'm you. not I,
0: you reminded <laughs> Feels me like it's going on, on, on bill dummies. you reminded me of the other dummies that said this and if you remember when lamar came into the offense they did not go into that draft with a team that was ready for lamar jackson they drafted a tight end and then they drafted a quarterback because lamar mm-hmm. jackson was still there the end of the season they had been playing with uh, joe flacco the ravens that is then at the end of the season they just put lamar jackson in there and to be honest. When you look at the plays that they run, you don't have to really redesign an offense if you have run blocking schemes. Like the run blocking schemes are similar to, to mm-hmm. running back run blocking schemes. You don't have to, they don't have to know who has the ball or not. They're gonna block it the same way. It just mm-hmm. gets easier for them when Lamar Jackson's running the ball. So I'm not sure that the way that the offense was designed in Baltimore is the best offense for Lamar's next chapter, or the roster construction is the best for Lamar's best chapter next chapter, especially when you say somebody like Jalen Hurts. He took off because they had awesome receivers. The Ravens never really had awesome receivers. So I'm not sure that Lamar Jackson can't do a similar thing or a better version of that if you give him a grown-up style offense. You don't Mm -hmm. put him out there with receivers who are either past their prime or prime is below uh, a number one receiver.
3: That's the problem, though, for the Patriots. Their receivers are worse. Yeah, are they receivers? (laughs) Are they a
1: grown-up offense? Was gonna be my question, and I'm guessing that they are like um, pimply and pubescent by these. You know,
3: you know, like when you when you're you pass by a school and there's like a bunch of kids on like you know like they're all like tied together and they're walking down the street together so no oh, one walks yeah. away that's what the Patriots oh, yeah. receiving core looks like uh relative to other NFL receiving <laughs> they corps. have
1: they have their receivers on a leash yes oh, you don't want one of them to
3: get is. away by accident yeah. that would be very messy to see like Devonte Parker just running free with nobody to throw him the football like like Lamar Jackson would make sense if the Patriots had a competent receiving core but if they make this trade, they're not going to have the draft picks to go out and get those receivers. They'd have to make some other move to get a receiver. It, it doesn't feel like right. like he would be able to maximize his potential here in New Wait, England.
1: Wait, so, so are, Bill, are, we, are you saying then that the person, the party that should have real hesitation about this hypothetical marriage that we're wishing into existence, it would be Lamar Jackson or the Patriots? Who should be less inclined to do this deal? Then?
3: Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, Lamar Jackson. Like yeah. you want to want play with Bill O'Brien for 5 years?
0: Yeah, and I mean I think the the um Bill Belichick is is a made man as far as history is concerned. If if Lamar Jackson goes there and does not succeed, the story is not going to be uh, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick didn't surround him with the right talent. It's going to be Lamar Jackson was a flash in a pan that worked out in Baltimore when he took the league by storm and never could quite uh, develop a, a curveball to go with the fastball that he had or changeup to go with the fastball he had, which isn't necessarily I'm, true. I, I'm amazed that ahead.
3: you you know three baseball pitches. That's pretty. I was going to say Dominic caught baseball himself
1: baseball? on. <laughs> Off speed pitches as a category yes. and was like, let me let me show off <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah, I'll be watching Knuckleball a, does. I'll be watching fact. a world yeah. baseball classic.
0: Oh,
3: nice.
1: Well, <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on, though. Speaking of um, yeah, a team that embodies a country that doesn't give a about the world baseball classic. What should the Patriots pay for Lamar Jackson, Bill? Like, what's the fair price on him at this point? Because this is part of the this is why I ask about the Patriots enthusiasm for a deal like this what is it going to cost to get him realistically as this landscape
3: you know looks right now i think it i think it starts with the five like i, I think the number whether it's the Ravens signing him whether it's somebody else signing him is 50 million dollars a year because one of the reasons the ravens are doing this right now the reason they gave him the the non-exclusive tag as opposed to the exclusive tag is they want to get this done now They don't want to get to next year when they're one year away Mm. from losing him for free in free agency based on the cost of the third franchise tag. They don't want to sign Lamar Jackson after Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert sign extensions because the price is only going to go up. So absolutely the Ravens want to get this done before all that happens. And I think the number to get that done now is probably 50, maybe 51. Maybe after those three deals are signed, maybe it's 54. If it's next year... Maybe it's 58 or 59. I, I don't think the Ravens are going to get any better of a deal by waiting. That's so I think the price is probably 50 or 51 right now to get an offer sheet done.
0: Again, Bill, you said something that sparked something in my mind. So don't be offended by this. It's I'm not a shot at you, but <laughs> it sparked something in my mind. And it's a question for you, so you can't be offended at me. What do you think the Ravens would rather have is would you think they would rather pay him at the lower rate now and fully guarantee it or wait until these other guys get signed, presuming they don't ask for fully guaranteed contracts, but the average salary goes up. Do you think they would Mm -hmm. rather be tied into having to pay Lamar after those guys get paid on not fully guaranteed or paying him at a lower price on fully guaranteed now?
3: I don't think it matters because I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to see those three deals and say, oh, well, I don't want a fully guaranteed deal anymore. If Joe Burrow doesn't want it, I don't need it. Lamar Jackson has seen a majority of NFL contracts already be not fully guaranteed the the comparables for Lamar aren't okay like you know I want to get the Patrick Mahomes deal with the Josh Allen deal he wants the Deshaun Watson deal plus and he deserves that's, the Deshaun that's, Watson deal plus
0: yeah I mean I guess assuming that 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 you can uh use some sort of like uh I don't know momentum to convince Lamar Jackson is probably where my mistake is but the idea is uh Deshaun Watson was the last like top of the league type Mm -hmm. of quarterback that got a deal. He's not that now, but when he got the deal, he was considered that the other guys who have signed contracts in between that weren't fully guaranteed did not have the leverage or the cachet that Lamar Jackson had. So I guess my Mm -hmm. question is the guys who are in that conversation like um, Burrow or Herbert, those guys who we think of in Lamar's class, if they sign contracts that aren't fully guaranteed, I think it probably doesn't change Lamar's mind, but it makes it harder for him to realistically expect it.
3: Well, I think Lamar's leverage is not those deals. Lamar's leverage is I might get to free agency, and I may right. get to get whatever I want at free agency, whether it's a fully guaranteed deal or not. That's why Deshawn Watson. That's fine. Like, you don't that want that, to be fun and answer that, the question. Like filibuster. Filibuster. Bill, Bill
1: heard. Bill heard. Bill heard Dominique say the word momentum and just went like yeah, red, you, just yeah, furious you know. at even
3: suggesting that
1: that's an actual concept. <laughs> Mo, to seriously, oh, that's, that's, what, Uncle that's Mo.
3: That's a word that infuriates me. I mean, like, like if you're Lamar Jackson, why would you give up now?
0: What, what, I, like, I didn't ask Lamar Jackson. I asked you a hypothetical question. If you were running, what do you think that the Ravens would want in the situation? I took Lamar out of it, but you brought okay. him back into it because you don't okay. want to answer the question. But that's fine. Okay. You're good. I, billibuster, I, I billibuster.
3: Will, I will answer the question just for you, my friend, Dominique. I don't know why, but I will just for you. I think the Ravens would rather get a deal done now, even if it is fully guaranteed. Oh, because I think, I, I think the chances that Lamar Jackson's not going to have a, a, a practical guarantee on this deal, where he's getting guaranteed a year early or something in year four or year five, chances are pretty slim. I, I think he's going to get the money either way. But I think the Ravens, and their owner, don't really want to set that precedent if they can avoid it.
0: Continue that precedent, I guess.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Billabuster. Billabuster. Billabuster.
1: I like it, but it also feels kind of like what someone in the crowded Patriots game would yell at you. Yeah. That old timey, like feels like a slur from like a long time ago, kind of a way. You billabuster.
0: <laughs> is that what it is? If you busted my head. bills.
1: <laughs>
0: I would never let anybody bust you, Bill. I appreciate that,
2: buddy. Um, all right, let's pivot to the NFL draft, where for the last few years, The value of running backs and where they should be drafted has been a point of consternation for nerds and jocks everywhere. And that is coming to a head this year with Bijan Robinson, who many people think is the best running back prospect in a decade. The Eagles are runners up. Still have a top 10 pick. Should the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson with the 10th pick, assuming he's on the board? So for the podcast audience, Bill Barnwell
1: is already shaking his head oh, so violently oh,
2: that can't, I, can't fear I can't believe. First his...
3: momentum, now we're drafting a running back tenth overall. <laughs> you <laughs> did this, Bill. Medication.
1: You did this. You I did know. this. You made it ridiculous. Mm, mm. Okay, to consider hey. a Barry Sanders style <laughs> running back like Bijan Robinson to to Sanders. be an absurd pick. At How dare you? Don't okay. you, you dare
0: do speak
3: Barry's name. Okay. Okay. First off. I'm going to throw out a theory. I want to know what you guys think. This feels like a PSYOP to me. This feels like the Eagles have thrown out the threat of drafting Bijan Robinson at 10 just to get Jerry Jones going. So he'll trade off and, <laughs> mm. and draft Bijan Robinson uh, in the top 10. Uh. It, it adds up, right? Like, the Eagles don't want to do this. They have no history of valuing running backs this way. The Cowboys do. Jerry needs a big star after <laughs> cutting just, Zeke. Everything fits here. I
1: just like everything so we had the patriots having their receivers on a leash like a child walking mm-hmm. to school we now have jerry jones being treated by um the eagles like when i tell my daughter no i'm i'm gonna use the potty first i'm gonna do it. <laughs> like no i want to do it we we're basically turning jerry jones
0: into that uh, i mean does so it feel I, wrong yeah i i get bill's position that is supported by data and all that stuff and i think that it probably is like subterfuge the the eagles are not going to break from uh their tradition of being one of the more analytically inclined teams in football and suddenly draft Bijan john robinson but i will say that sometimes you gotta it's it's an uncomfortable thing to say because sometimes you have to break away from the like the numbers. And I know Bill is going to bother you, Bill, because the point of like probability is that you can't, you do not break away. It's also because, my, I
3: think it's also in that word probability.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. But no, you're, you're a billabuster. I mean, you're, you're a billabuster. You're not probability. probability it, I think yeah. so. The terrible thing about it is you have to, I believe, and sometimes you have to go against what the numbers tell you to do when you're leading an organization of any kind the mm-hmm. understanding the emotional value of the decision that you make do not are not easily calculable and understanding the position that your team is in and what your position and what your team needs is not always something that comes out of a spreadsheet, so I think that it's fair to be uh prudent and follow those numbers all the time but if you need a running back and you are a team like the eagles who are no longer building a team have a team built and if they believe that this is the player that will put him over the top yes it's a a bit of an overpay and it's a bit of a luxury um draft pick for this particular team and yeah you're probably not going to extend him and that's wasting a first round pick but if whatever reason you believe that that's what you need and that's going to be the difference maker then yeah i think it's a reasonable thing to do it's just I had this. Um, never mind. I'll, I'll save my story for some other time.
1: Did you have another? Did you have another comment in which you would trash spreadsheets to the point where Bill would recline fully backwards? I love, I love I spreadsheets. That's the thing.
0: I love spreadsheets. I love First about oh this. my gosh, I get so excited this about band, Excel. Oh, this. Is man. Damn. I'll, I'll be doing so many formulas. I love to start <laughs> <Random> an expression <laughs> with an equal sign, it gets me excited. <laughs> I love to reference cells. Boy, I Ooh, get so, an exclamation my, point. my pants get tight when I think about a pivot table. <laughs> I swear, I love a spreadsheet, <laughs> however. I also understand that spreadsheets are not the answer all the time, and you have to think of other things. What's up, Alabaster? Mm
2: -hmm. So, Bill, I want to see what your spreadsheet has to say about this. Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Mm -hmm. Dallas Goddard. Mm -hmm. What's your spreadsheet say to stop that,
3: nerd? My spreadsheet says it goes back to 2020 or 2021. I forget which year it was. 2020, when we were making these same arguments – at the end of the first round, when the Chiefs used their luxury pick on Clyde Edwards-Helaire, that's different. The next pick is not your spreadsheet. The next pick in the, it's the draft history spreadsheet. I'll load it up for you if you want. It's in there. Trust <laughs> me. The next pick was T. Higgins. They passed up on T. Higgins. Oh, right, that was not good. T. Higgins, as opposed to so Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That's not fair.
0: That's just the randomness of the draft. Like, it, it, just because T. Higgins was the next pick doesn't mean that's a way they drafted Clyde. The, the problem with drafting Clyde Edwards or Lair, yes, running backs, not great pick. But the real problem was he wasn't good. Right. If he was, if he was but good enough, admittedly, if, they, admittedly if, if though, it would have been Saquon Barkley, like it, we wouldn't have had this conversation. So, and if they would have drafted a receiver, like I can do the same thing and find receivers that failed and find running backs that were successful afterwards. But you go to the, to the, um, to the Cowboys and talk about the example that they made. They had a Super Bowl caliber roster on the back of Ezekiel Elliott. So like, I'm not saying all teams should draft running backs in the first round, but I'm certainly not saying that you should never ever do it. Like those, these type of absolutes are for dumb people and children. I I tell dumb people and children never cross the street until you see the white little walking sign because they are too dumb to look both ways and, and to jaywalk. So like your spreadsheets are not always the answer bill, even though I love spreadsheets with all my heart. Mm-hmm.
1: Alabaster, oh what's God. up? I just wish the podcast audience could see Dominique pantomiming the walks. <laughs> uh, that was that was just so a plus television. A,
2: a few things. First of all, Move as walk, Pablo man. as Pablo knows, Move only Siths speak in absolutes. Um, That's right. But also, That's right. uh, a couple uh, things about uh, the actual uh, football. One, uh, Jonathan sure. Taylor was picked nine picks after Erotic. Ch and mm-hmm. was considered by many to be the better prospect and was a better college player. So I think we'd view that very differently if they had gone chalk there and taken it for sure uh, Taylor. But the other thing is with Bijan, we're talking about a hybrid player. We're talking about someone in, in between a McCaffrey and a Saquon, someone who can be on the field for three downs, who is essentially an extra wide receiver on the field. Does that change the way that you'd evaluate it? Because when we saw Christian McCaffrey go to the 49ers, mm-hmm. they basically didn't lose again. Once they had, when they had a real quarterback playing quarterback,
1: Okay. So so it's worth pointing out Bill also in in fairness to your earlier example like Clyde Edwards Alaire also a hybrid concept in terms of a guy who could catch and run. No? Like this is this is kind of going back to what you were saying before. Right. I mean there's a
3: couple things here. And I think the bigger issue more than our confidence in B. John Robinson as a prospect, which should be good. He looks like a really talented prospect. I saw him play in person. He looked like he was a different caliber than everybody else on the field, which is usually a pretty good sign for a running back. But we've seen other running backs fail. It's not like he's a guaranteed success. That would be a different conversation if we could know for sure he was going to be C or he was going to be Adrian Peterson. I hope he turns out to be that way. seems like he has that kind of ability. But even if he's Christian McCaffrey, the issue here when it comes to the draft is that no matter what position you draft the pick costs exactly the same and the opportunity cost is very different I want you to imagine the draft this This is what the draft is like love it let's say you walk into Target or your whatever big box store is going to sponsor debatable we'll go with Target for now and you get a coupon and they hand you a coupon and you say hey they say hey you can buy anything in this store with this coupon Whatever you want, it's going to be the same price. Would you walk in and buy a TV, a washer and dryer, something real expensive? Because drafting a running back in that scenario is like going into Target with that I can get anything I want coupon and getting I'm a done. pair of jeans. A pair of jeans. And a pair of jeans okay, are great. You need fine. jeans. So- but... But I will, you're passing okay. up this opportunity to get this incredibly valuable thing like a quarterback or a left tackle or a wide receiver or, or a lineman a that motor. you're not going to have a chance to get somewhere else. This is, to get a this pair is of jeans. the problem uh, with this is fireplace.
0: I can't argue with you on like the logic of what you're saying. Like, I agree with you. I understand that. But what if you don't have no damn pants, Bill? <laughs> what if you don't have no damn pants? You can go you to, go to got the and great... get Hold some on. pants. I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. What if you got a great <laughs> Sorry, shirt? You got fantastic shoes, a perfect hat, some pretty nice underwear, but you don't got no damn pants, Bill, and you don't have time. You got to be to the Super Bowl in 30 minutes. You don't got time to buy a TV and then go trade that TV for somebody else and get four pair of pants. Sometimes you need a pair of (laughs) damn pants, Bill Barnwell, and if you need a pair of pants, you get those pants. So, like, I get it. It's just the way it is. When we talk about like any business, they use lots of spreadsheets to make decisions. Maybe decisions about people that they wanna keep or people that they don't wanna give away. And sometimes a number tell you, hey, we should get this guy a new contract. Sometimes a <laughs> number tell you, hey, let's get him moving. But sometimes you gotta ball up the spreadsheet and say, nah, the psychological value of these <laughs> damn pants are so important <laughs> to me. That I'll go ahead and pay whatever it costs for these pants.
1: <laughs> You gotta ball up a spreadsheet and say these balls need a sheet to spread around them, and that's called pants.
3: Those uh, are what the pants are. You get six more other stores about? to go to, Bill. Dude, Bill, we're not we're
0: not talking about BJ and Robinson anymore, Bill. Just, just give up the <laughs> spreadsheet. Just let <laughs> us have is, a moment. Let this, this is how I'm it. expressing ex, uh, uh, affection to Pablo right now. It's not about you or your stupid spreadsheets.
1: I love the idea though of drafting behind the guy without pants. I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know this guy's gonna go with pants. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna work off of that as a as a working hypothesis. That's literally drafting behind Jerry Jones
2: a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> especially if B. Robinson's out there. You know the pants are not gonna be staying on. <laughs> Certainly not on the okay. Cowboys bus. Um, oh,
0: yeah, I was thinking about that picture. I couldn't make a joke fast. Oh yeah.
2: Um <laughs> So last topic, are you guys excited about Slam Ball's return? Oh,
1: what, the, the spreadsheets would indicate that Slam Ball had a dramatic debut and then essentially got lost due to various, <laughs> I think like TV conflicts or whatever it was back in 03. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a thing I'm going to evaluate analytically. Mm-hmm. I just want to live in a world where I can turn on the television while stoned one day and be like, oh, thank God Slam Ball's on. Can we see some? Yeah, there we go. This, I just want this to be
3: on somewhere. (laughs) Oh. I I will (laughs) say, I will say this is post spreadsheet. There are no, (laughs) no spreadsheets can encapsulate a Slam Ball. I agree with you there. The Slam
1: Ball draft is a very, unanalytically driven exercise. Is
0: there a foul? What is a no. foul in slam ball? No, it's like half rugby. You don't dribble, you just... Like the one thing about that is that's super scary. Is like trampolines are kind of dangerous. When someone's running into you, like I imagine we are gonna get some really ugly slam ball injuries that people are not gonna like. Oh, what's the...
3: That, what's look, that was my How, first is, note. Is, is, All caps. Yeah, it, injuries. Oh no. Yeah. Uh,
1: can we get the acoustic version of the Slam Ball theme song to play as the injury cart takes us to the commercial?
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like they should just make the Slam Ball theme song acoustic music so that it can perpetually be sad because there will be a fractured femur at every break. That, that should be the timeout. to so just
3: There's a it lot of like Jack prescott in, oh. in Slam Ball. All right, let's be real though. This is coming well, on in July. You
2: got two options here. You are going to be watching a day game between, like, the Tigers and the Mets, or you're going to be watching Slam Ball. Let's be real. What, what, what is your gaze going to be drawn to?
0: What happened to everything else in the world? Like, what happened to, <laughs> what happened to outside – What happened to video games?
3: (laughs) These are your only two options. Or you're just researching what new team Kevin Durant's on. You sound like Jerry Rice talking about RPOs. (laughs) What is this conservative trickery? I don't know. What happened
0: (laughs) like 14 streaming networks we got out there? I got to choose between baseball and slam ball? Uh, In that case, give me (laughs) football. Yeah, I I would put
1: slam ball somewhere above uh, baseball and pickleball, but possibly beneath power ranking. Objects you would buy with a a coupon (laughs) at a big box department store. That sounds like a fun (laughs) exercise. We didn't really fully
3: indulge. (laughs) I, I, I don't know, because I think the thing is basketball's changed, right? Like, like the NBA of now looks totally different from the NBA 20 years ago. So, has is slam ball going to change? Like, are we going to see more people shooting threes in slam ball? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh is it, man, I, I can't. You wait. get you so, get three
2: points for dunks.
0: Okay, so, uh, that changes things. The, the analytics culture ruined slam ball. <laughs> and we're we're going to be thirty years from now. <laughs> like, I remember when there was really slam and slam ball. <laughs> now <laughs> it's only threes and layups and slam ball. All of All these corner
1: these these corner dunks
3: are ruining <laughs> slam ball. Yeah. I actually hold on. So I was thinking about John Moran. I know you guys talk sure talked about John Moran probably in the other segment. Instead Super of suspending smart. him, wouldn't it be better to send him to slam ball for like four games? Uh, uh,
0: just uh. Let him know what he, what he uh what life could be like. Is this one <laughs> outside? Yeah, we just gotta just scared straight, huh? We're gonna yes. do a scared straight program for a basketball players. Oh. You I could mean... be in this league.
3: And and also then you have John <laughs> Morant dunking on like, you know, the slam ball elite. This would be incredible. Uh,
0: I don't I, think so.
1: I love I love so. the idea. That's like that's like saying, um, giving John Morant a trampoline is like, what if Bill Barnwell got a bigger spreadsheet?
3: I'm pretty sure we're
1: good. We <laughs> yeah. got all we need yeah.
0: to we be impressed enough. by this. We yeah. got we gotta
3: explore the space. We I don't, don't agree with you.
0: Another page. <laughs> we do not need another page.
3: Get that next tab open, baby. I, I will be tuning oh. into Slam Ball until the first injury break, and then I will turn it off because I'm be too anxious about the rest of the game. Oh
0: gosh, yeah. I, my you guys, remember
1: also, a Supermarket Sweep? Remember that show? Oh, of course. You bring that back too.
0: Yeah. with, they with did. trampolines. They did bring Supermarket Sweep back. I, I think Leslie Jones was like hosting it on mm-hmm. like Peacock or something. Yeah. Um, um, I have Trampolines.
3: Yeah. How, yeah. how do you practice? Ball. Like is there like a trampoline court you can go to? Like a sort of pickup.